Blimey. Oh, this is one out of a jam jar you got here. The House of Mystery contains demons, angels, elementals, magicians, wizards, apparitions, adult language, and discussions. If you're easily offended, do not enter the House of Mystery. All right, then. On with the show. All right, hello. Welcome, everyone, to the House of Mystery. That's right. This is the House of Mystery. Come on in. Take your shoes off. And... We shall dine. And of course, the person that will be serving us, because he is my indentured servant, (laughs) is the bisexual butler. Demon butler. Demon butler. Yes. Yes. Now go get me some food. (laughs) Ow. All right. So, Dave, today we're going to be doing an update and news discussion. It's been a while since we've done one of these, mostly because there really isn't a lot of news pertaining to the darker side of... DC for the last year or so there's been a few ridiculous rumors you know things like you know Matt Ryan is going to appear in all seven DC films (laughs) mystery character who will he be possibly Constantine that's all people were able to do during the last 12 months or so because of the pandemic just a lot of talk a lot of speculation and finally we have got a little bit of news Dave a little bit of news pertaining to this alleged and I said alleged because I didn't think it was real because we heard nothing about it for months we got some information on the J.J. Abrams side of the programming slate that is 2021 and beyond via J.J. Abrams and his bad robot deal that he made with Warner Brothers we got some news is it good news all about perspective. Constantine reboot in the works at HBO Max from J.J. Abrams' Bad Robot with Guy Bolton set as writer. Now, the reason why I say this is good news and bad news because Matt Ryan will not be playing Constantine. And who knows what Warner Brothers has in store. I would like to say I'm excited, but the more I read about the series that J.J. is planning, I don't know how great it's going to be. Well, unfortunately, J.J. does not have a good track record right now. No. His batting average is very low. Yeah. In the last, what would you say, like eight years? 11 years, Dave. 11 years? His last movie that he made that was super good, in my opinion, was Star Trek 2009 Reboot. After yeah. that, it's been... It's been a steady decline. And Force Awakens, I mean, was okay, but that's a topic for another show. Exactly. Now, J.J. Abrams' Bad Robot is developing a darker reboot of DC Comics' Constantine. A darker reboot? The TV show on NBC was pretty damn dark. That was pretty That was pretty vicious. Yeah. <laughs> so they will be rebooting this for HBO Max with Guy Bolton set to write. As I said, a deadline understands that Abrams production company Bad Robot is working with Warner Media streamer on the reboot, which will see the character as a young Londoner. He already has the pilot script written. Bolton does. Yeah. Uh, with plans to open a writer's room officially in March. So that's happening right now. They're writing that series right now as we speak. Now, this is where it gets a little fucky for me. The character is set to be cast as a diverse lead. First off, I 
didn't know that's how you can say that a diverse lead is that proper is that a proper way to say something like the character is set to be cast as a diverse lead yeah that doesn't sound right does it now uh they say it's a departure from the one played by matt ryan in the nbc series which aired for one season okay well of course it's a departure i mean one's a white male which is not cool nowadays yes and the other is going to be a diverse lead whatever that means he could be indian he could be native american he can be african-american african-american which i think that's the direction they're going based on other rumors so we'll be getting a a black, possibly, Constantine, which there was rumors that they were looking at, oh, who's that actor yeah, that was in were, Rogue One? Yes. They were looking at, um, what's his name? I had it. Because he is so fucking good. Um, the actor I was talking about was Riz Ahmed. Yes. Who is an actor from Britain. It would be interesting to see him play a role like that. Again, we're not getting Matt Ryan. That is on my list. That's on my Christmas list is Matt Ryan. But we know we're not getting him. So if we're going with that more diverse angle, then I would rather have an actor like Riz Ahmed play Constantine opposed to a black dude because I I think it's a little silly because normally I don't care about these types of things, but because I'm such a huge Constantine fan, I feel a little protective over the property and I just want it to be done right. And that's what it comes down to. Uh, The reason why I talk about, you know, the black actor playing Constantine, it's really not needed. You don't really need to change anything. If they knew the material that they're delving into, they would realize they don't need to try to do some gimmick casting in the ways of diversity because there are plenty of characters in the world of Constantine that are not white. And if you knew Constantine's world, you would know this. Yeah. And that's another concern to me because one of his biggest on and off again, partner and adversary is Papa Midnight. Exactly. Papa Midnight is a black dude. If you, if you want diversity, the characters that are, that revolve around John Constantine are literally all diverse. And me and you have gone back and forth about this, how it'd be so much easier if people were just to understand the character and know the character's mythos and understand that there are characters you can draw on without changing the the, the central character. Yeah, that's what it comes down to. And... Because to me, the focus and emphasis should not be on a diverse lead it should be on writing a fucking story story yes and coming up with a solid plan of action for this dark world that we're hopefully going to be exploring via jj abrams because it's almost kind of like a cautionary tale nowadays where it's like usually when people decide to do changes on characters just for diversity's sake or uh just to just to change up uh the characters so that they seem more society friendly yeah if you were <laughs> trying to play at diversity because the current social landscape requires that you do yeah. then guess what it's not sincere it's and not sincere and you're it shows in your writing yeah and that that's the only thing i'm saying so all right. There's also rumors, Dave, that the Swamp Thing may be joining the series. 
Again, this is one of those theories or speculations that are circling the interwebs. And it goes right back to what you were talking about during our pre-show. The Oblivion Bar, available on Patreon. Uh, is the Swamp Thing series itself going to CW? Many people had thought that it was going to be picked up for a second season because it um, was a rating success yeah. for the CW, the syndication of season one. Um, but apparently there are rumors circulating that Swamp Thing will be seen again and he will probably make his appearance onto J.J. Abrams' upcoming HBO Max Constantine series. And if that's the case, it's going to be a completely different Swamp Thing. Yeah, that's the that's the thing that also is a problem there. If you try to bring in Swamp Thing into J.J. Abrams, his quote-unquote, his Justice League Dark Universe is going to be completely different from the CW. So why bring the same the actor from the CW series into his universe? Well, who knows if they're going to do that? I'm assuming it's just going to be a different Swamp Thing, which means you know we have yet another random Swamp Thing. I just I just yeah. feel like there's a there's a lot of messes around, and someone needs to get a, a broom <laughs> and start sweeping some of these things away because we have a dead Constantine show. Uh, that now led to uh, Matt Ryan playing Constantine in Arrow and Legends of Tomorrow. Then we have a dead Swamp Thing show that's just laying there waiting uh, for more stories to be told. And because you have this universe now, the multiverse, what you have is not just a dead TV show. You have now dead end stories within your universe that you wanted to create through that crisis on Infinite Earths. Yeah. crossover on the cw so it just it's starting to look more and more muddy messy and messy it's so messy uh, so we just need clarification and if this is the direction we're going with jj he's our man now he's the one taking the reins on the dark side of dc then let the man do the job and let's yeah. push forward for the next 10 15 years i mean look at the deal he's had with paramount it's worked great for mission impossible yeah. Mission Impossible has continued Absolutely. on now for, I want to say, almost 15 years under his leadership, and he hires producers, writers, directors, and the series is doing just great, or I should say the franchise. So if Warner Brothers learns from the successes of their colleagues over at Paramount, <laughs> they will then say, all right, let's not interfere, because I know we like to fucking interfere a lot. Yes, they let's do. Let's just let him do his thing. And let's build out a world, a true world. Let's not make something and then get scared and then cancel it because that's what they do constantly. With constantly. Literally everything. Because now we do have official news pertaining to the Zatanna movie that had been a rumor for a very long time until I want to say Warner Brothers had their investment day event and there was a Zatanna logo amongst their upcoming projects and that started all the banter on the interwebs so we do have news dave it's actually happening i never imagined that we would get a zatanna movie in my lifetime because it just doesn't seem like one of those characters that that a big franchise or i should say a big studio would even really want to take a chance on oh yeah but the rules are all different now and I feel like we're going to start seeing much different films coming out. And this hopefully will be one of them because they actually brought on a DC film taps promising young woman director Emerald Fennell to write 
the Zatanna superhero movie. Yeah, which is amazing, dude, when you think about that they're tapping an Oscar-nominated filmmaker. Because yep. I'm like going, okay, they're really thinking about, oh, hopefully, hopefully now, they're thinking about this and taking it seriously by bringing in A-list talent to deal with this character. Yeah, and we don't want any subpar directors or writers handling Zatanna. No, because you're just going to hurt the, you're going to hurt not just the character of Zatanna, you're going to hurt the product as a whole because just like what you mentioned earlier, they're they're really trying to bring in different female characters that that their audience can gravitate towards besides Wonder Woman. Right. Right. And besides Harley Quinn. Because there's so much more than them. Than them, th- those two. Yeah. But unfortunately, when you ask the mainstream, hey, what's a DC character you like that's a woman? Wonder Woman? That's it. That's Wonder all Woman and know. Harley Quinn. That's it. And Harley Quinn recently. Yeah. The mainstream. Like, But before that, it was just Wonder Woman. So this is a. In my opinion, this is a a big step for them, and it's a big step in the right direction to introduce mainstream audiences to the diverse list of superhero characters that we have out there that are women. There are so many of them, and yet we're just not seeing them being brought into the mainstream in a big way. And see, this this goes back to what we just said just a few moments ago is the fact yeah. that you tap into the characters that you guys already have. You don't have to break the, break the wheel and constantly try to change a character to do something different. You know, like a lot of people were like saying, uh, we're worried that they're going to do a different, they're going to do another wonder woman, just a different wonder woman. Yeah. Well, they got to make sure they distinguish between characters. Cause that was my problem with uh, Wonder Woman 1984. I was okay with the movie for the most part. I know a lot of people hated on that film. Um, but the my biggest problem was that there were moments where it didn't really feel like a Wonder Woman story. Yes. It felt like a Superman story. Exactly. And when you have Superman in the universe, it just feels a little off-putting that you're stealing uh, his thunder, his themes. It's no different than creating a character, giving him a a, a car that looks like the Batmobile, he resides in a cave full of bats, but he's not Batman, Batman. and he is out there vigilanting-ing, that's not even a word, <laughs> every night, and he has the same dark brooding persona as as Batman. As Batman. You're going to water down your brand, and yes. that was my biggest problem with Wonder Woman 1984. They cannot do that with Zatanna. Zatanna has her own unique voice, her own unique scenarios that create fantastic story arcs yes and i'm hoping emerald fennel i'm hoping she understands the material i would be interested to finding and finding out whether or not she's a comic book fan which is not always needed i'm not gonna be one of those uh you know comic book nerds that say you have to read the comics to understand and make a good movie I would disagree with that if she sat down with about seven or eight solid Zatanna story arcs and she understood the character, she could, without a doubt, churn out a script that feels sincere to the character. If you're talented, and, I mean, let's be honest, Emerald Fennell is obviously talented, the Oscar-nominated director of Promising Young Woman. So, 
I feel like she's a good fit because Promising Young Woman was a revenge tale, correct? Yes. And honestly, her type of directing and storytelling could really do well in telling a darker story for Zatanna, which makes sense because Zatanna deals with the darker side of DC. Yeah. She deals with the magic side. She deals with the side that Constantine is stuck with. She's not going to be. It would be such a disservice if they did a Zatanna movie and it felt like your atypical superhero movie. It just wouldn't work. So, David, answer me this. If. Zatanna is going to be the first movie. That J.J. is producing under his deal. And Constantine is his first TV series. Are we seeing the Gotham and Batman scenario here with Justice League Dark? For example, they're making a Gotham prequel series. Yes, they are. That's supposed to be connected to the upcoming Batman Batman film. film. So if they're doing that now with the world of Justice League Dark, hey, let's have a Constantine series that will eventually connect in some way to the upcoming Zatanna movie. And then we introduce Constantine as a guest spot or a a co-star in the Zatanna movie. Then suddenly we have ourselves our first mini world for Justice League Dark. Yes. That would make sense, Dave. It would make sense. And honestly, I hope it goes that route. Honestly, that's the only way it, it should go. But, you know, you and I know that. But does the do Warner does Brothers DC know? know that? Or, yeah, that's what I should say. Does Warner does Brothers, Warner know, Brothers that? know that? So that's where I'm a little nervous because, I mean, why else have two characters that are from <laughs> Justice League Dark? One is on a TV show and one's in a movie. You better cross those sons of bitches over. And how sad is it, dude, that basically the way Warner Brothers is, all of us, I'm sure all of us, even our listeners are thinking to ourselves, this is Warner Brothers we're talking about. Yeah, and we're all scared. And we're we're terrified. We are beaten children. That's what we are. <laughs> we are so excited when daddy comes home because we missed him. But then we remember that he beats, beats us, at, us night. at night. We're like, oh, God, daddy, go back to work. <laughs> That's how I feel with Warner Brothers. Yeah. It's like, fuck, yes, we got a new movie coming out. They're going to be making a TV series with Constantine, a movie with Zatanna. Yes, I'm fucking happy. And then I remember Warner Brothers has the tendency to fuck up everything. Everything. Because that's just, that's how they. They're the biggest quitters in history, Dave. Yes. They are what we teach our kids not to be. If my son, you know, didn't win number one prize at his um, piano contest. What's that called? His recital. Recital. Yeah. You know, do I let him cry and quit because he didn't finish number one? If my son quit hockey practice because all the other kids are better than him and he's not good, he loses all the time. Do we let him quit? No. No. What type of things are we teaching him? (laughs) And this is what Warner Brothers does all the time. All the time. Oh man, Marvel's beating us. Let's change our plans. We change quit. Our plans. We quit. Let's let's take our let's take our one movie that we come out and let's change it so it matches Marvel because that's what yeah. everyone wants. Yeah. Let me eject. Let me eject. Par- everyone have their parachutes on because we're about to fucking bail out this bitch. And unfortunately, unfortunately, and leave dude. the creators to fend for themselves because that's what they fucking do. Yeah, with every fucking movie they they've made so far. 
uh-huh. except for Nolan's trilogy. That seems to be the only thing they were able to get right within the last 15 years. Well, because Nolan himself literally took control of that series and said to F off. <laughs> and I, I used to remember articles, reading articles about the fact that if they were to ever step in, especially towards the end with the dark Knight, Nolan would have walked out, walked away. He just would have walked away. Yeah, for sure. And then Warner brothers knew they would be screwed yeah. at that point. And Nowadays, it's like, I mean, just recently with Zack Snyder's Justice League, if you look at Justice League, can you imagine if they just let Zack Snyder just do what he wanted and it would have been different? The difference is this, is that Snyder's Snyder and JJ's JJ. Yes. And I don't see them fucking around. With JJ. Yes. And that's the only thing that's going for this project here is that. JJ, when he's left alone, can maintain a franchise. Yeah. He doesn't always make the greatest decisions, and I don't really like his recent, you know, adventure into <laughs> Star Wars, personally. Well, here's the thing but, with that. that. That's an example of, like, what we're talking about, though. Because, like, how much was JJ in control of that He wasn't point? in control. He wasn't. Bad Robot had no say in Star Wars. If you realize it's the first movie J.J. Ava directed, ever directed, that didn't have the bad robot logo. Yeah. Whereas the Justice League Dark installments within the DC world will be produced by bad robot. By bad robot. And that is the silver lining, David, right there, is that at least one person will have say of this world that he's building. And at least it better be that way. It better be. Because like, and if that's, not, DC will all the DC executives will eject and leave JJ <laughs> to finish himself. Easily. Oh my god, this movie's not tracking good. Bail, bail, bail! bail! Quick, get out! <laughs> Can you imagine how sucky those people are in real life? <laughs> no integrity. The, the oh man, we we finished number two at the box office. Bail, quit. Oh, we quit easily, dude. Easily. I mean, the, the sad part is, is like. That's a very old school way of thinking with a lot of production companies and people don't understand. They have to get with the times. They have to adjust. They have to adapt. You know what? But they won't. David, they won't. You know why? Because dinosaurs don't adapt. They die. They die. And that's, that's the sad part is like, we have to wait till like, the dinosaurs in WB well, Dave, die. Now, I'm not <laughs> suggesting murder, but we could create a um what killed the dinosaurs an asteroid yes we can create an asteroid <laughs> in the form of a pipe bomb, bomb. <laughs> i'm just joking I, here on house of mystery we do not condone acts of assassination oh, no, no, we do we do or violence hey, come on, look at look around the mansion the mansion's filled with like horrors oh, okay you're I'm, I'm meta right now i'm breaking the fourth <laughs> wall we're no longer in character okay i'm, I'm speaking as uh, michael flores the host <laughs> of a show on the rayman digital network ah, i'm always the bisexual butler well, okay <laughs> <laughs> all right dave we also have a little bit of news on neil gaiman's sandman oh my tv God, series that See, this is the one that i'm like itching for yeah but you know what character is in Sandman series? 
I know. John Constantine. Constantine. So are we going to have yet another fucking John Constantine? Yeah, that's that's the only quirk of mine is that we are getting a different Constantine. This James Bond thing's not working for me. Quit (laughs) recasting people. It works for James Bond. Okay, I'm tired of it. But here's the thing: I want one Batman, one Superman, one Constantine, twenty five Wonder Womans. Here's, here's, you know why, too. Here's huh. the here's the bright side, though, Mike. Here's the bright side of that. What? The only reason I'm not more angry about getting a different Constantine and Neil Gaiman's Sandman is because Neil Gaiman is the why one Why are you trying who, to pronounce it all uppity for? <laughs> oh, Neil Gaiman. <laughs> with his name, it just comes naturally. <laughs> all right, go but ahead. But with Neil Gaiman, it's, you know that he's going to have be all hands-on in selecting his Constantine. Yeah. Because Neil Gaiman was the one who created him. <laughs> so, did Neil Gaiman actually create him? I thought Alan Moore did. It's kind of tossed up in the air history-wise. A lot of people say, oh, Alan Moore was the one who created him because of Swamp Thing. But Gaiman was the one who really ran with Constantine, gave yeah. Constantine okay. a lot of his personality. Yeah, no, that you're right. So the Neil Gaiman Sandman TV series will be updated. For contemporary times. It will not be a 1980s period piece. I know that was a question that a lot of Sandman fans had been voicing. You know, some concern. What are they doing? I don't really care. Do you care? No, because like, here's the thing. Was the story set in the 1980s? Yes, because that's what it was. (laughs) That was when it was being written around. But if you look at the story itself, the story can be placed in any time frame. Any. And also, I feel like 2021 is just ripe for all types of relevant social commentary. Oh, my God. Yeah, dude. And normally, I'm not a big advocate of too much social commentary because it's just a lot and it's overdone in a lot of things lately. But someone like Neil Gaiman, who is intelligent, can uh, really make it work. Oh, easily. Easily. Especially when you see him, what he's been able to do in like stories like... Um. Oh my God! It just <laughs> uh, bad omens. When you see his type of writing in that, you know he could do a fantastic job in writing a relevant contemporary story, and taking actually a dated story and bringing it up contemporary wise to fit his narrative. That's who he is. He's a master. Uh, he's a master writer. I would agree. And like, I don't disagree. I think he's one of the best. When you think of like all the me and you in the past shows, when we discuss Sandman, some of the scenes in Sandman are not dated. No, yeah, not they're, at all. yeah, they're dated as in basically. Well, it was set during this t- specific time and right. everything, but the narrative itself is not dated. No, you it, can it set still it works anywhere. Yeah. So I'm okay with that. Plus, another added bonus for me is I'm a bit tired on those 1980s nostalgia shows. And I feel like because 1980s is so trendy and everybody wants to see the crazy haircuts, the shoes, the pants, that actually might distract from the show. From the show. Yeah. If they were to go 80s. So I'm okay with this. I think this is a good call. Now I think it's a fantastic call. Now, Dave, there are some things in the ways of casting that's a little suspect. (laughs) And you probably know which one I'm talking about. 
I, I could guess. Although I'm 100% open-minded about it, but apparently Gwendolyn Christie yes. has been cast as Lucifer. As Lucifer Morningstar. And of course, the Lucifer fanboys and fangirls of the TV show are furious and upset because they were hoping that their Lucifer would be on the show. Yeah. But I'm it, sorry. No, <laughs> I love Lucifer. That show is amazing, but it's a completely different tone yes. than Lucifer from the comic books. And of course, Lucifer from Sandman, from even Sandman. though it is the same character. I don't know if it would work. Yeah. I, I, I honestly don't think it would work because Lucifer Morningstar and Sandman is pictured differently. He's it's a it's a totally different character because you in the story of Sandman, you're seeing it through Sandman's eyes, through uh, Nocturne's eyes. Right. And. Lucifer is so different than the than what we've seen in the TV show. And I understand. I'm like you. I like that. I like that television show Lucifer and I love the portrayal of him. But to expect that Lucifer to be suddenly in a story like Sandman, yeah. it doesn't make sense. He, he would get lost. It would just feel cheap. In the ways of tone, it would feel wrong. That's it feels cheap Because the character's already been established to be very different than the Lucifer that would be required in Sandman. Yeah. and Who is very nefarious and... Androgynous too. Yeah. Because that that was the big thing in Sandman is like Lucifer does not have a gender, so to speak. So you he's think, not very seen oh, like that. That's okay. why you're right. That's why when I, I first saw the casting of Gwendolyn Christie as Lucifer, I thought it was perfect. You know what? She's a big woman. She's attractive in her own way. If you've seen her dressed up on the red carpet. Yes. And they could actually make her look really fucking interesting. Exactly. And that's what Lucifer is. Yeah. You know what? You're right. Okay. I'm sold. <laughs> Wendell and Christie. Wendell and Christie. I do like her quite a bit. She's a good actress. She was awesome in Game of Thrones. Terrible in Star Wars. Terrible in Star Wars. But Game of Thrones, she was magnificent. Yeah. So that's the only questionable casting. The rest of them are relatively... I mean, you have uh, Tom Sturridge playing Dream. Yes. But other than that, there really are not a lot of big names involved in the series, which maybe that's good for budget reasons. Keep it down, right? It seems like it. Yeah, because like a lot of the a lot of the names that they've been announcing for Sandman is kind of like, I wouldn't say they're like top A-level stars, but they are... The cast that they've put together has a very, very dramatic resume. Yeah. You know, you have talk that Stephen Fry is going to probably be playing, uh, I believe it's Fiddler's Green. I forgot. I forgot what role he's, but see that name in itself, Stephen Fry, not a big name. But once everyone sees him, sees him everyone knows him. And I think that that's what the casting they're trying to do in Sandman is like, they don't want over the top, you know, casting done for Sandman. That's not the point. It isn't the point. In fact, going right back to do being distracting, I feel like if you have, 
you know, well-known faces. They'll take away from the story. It, it depends on the story. I don't feel like all TV shows would fall victim to that. But I, I want to say a show like this could. So I'm okay with the casting so far. There is no Constantine that has been cast. I think that's the one that a lot of fans are anticipating because like, especially for myself, because I know Neil Gaiman has a hand in finding these at, uh, actors and choosing how these characters are portrayed. Mm-hmm. I'm interested to see what he does with Constantine because I, with his portrayal of Lucifer Morningstar, like I said, it made sense to me that Gaiman probably actually thought about, yeah, I'm going to get a, a female actress like Gwendolyn Christie to portray Lucifer because Lucifer's supposed to be androgynous. He's supposed to not have right. gender. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's a, a d- very different case when it comes to Constantine. So it'll be interesting to see who he casts, but I don't think we're going to get a Constantine within the first season. I believe the first season consists of only 11 episodes and there's a lot that goes on before Constantine enters the story. And if they're going to do a true adaptation of the source material, obviously there'll be some changes, you know, and there should be so that the TV series can also be enjoyed by the comic book readers. I don't mind small changes as long as the the heart and soul of the story remains intact. But I don't think we're going to get to that aspect of the story in the first season. Do you knowing the story? Is there a way you think that they can, without feeling rushed, get to Constantine's part? It's going to probably take time. I mean, you could introduce him as a background player, maybe a little guest spot on an episode to kind of introduce him to the world. Yeah. Almost like they did with um, who's Mark Shepard's character in Doom Patrol. Um. Oh, man, I forgot his name. (laughs) I forgot his name, too. But like what they did with him, where they introduced him in that, I want to say midway through season one, and then they brought him back towards the end and then brought him again for an episode uh, during the last season. Constantine could be a character like that. Oh, easily. Because like, especially when you take into the aspect that the beginning of Sandman is so out there because you have to, they have to set up the whole scenario of dream getting captured and then yeah. being in prison for like what two to 30 decades, uh, three decades, two 30 decades. I forgot how long he was actually. Yeah, but he said cap 30. I was I like, know, well, I'm going to be in uh, prison for two <laughs> 30. Uh, 30. <laughs> how long have you been in prison? My God, <laughs> at least two 30. <laughs> but that whole storyline, even though it's like the beginning of the Sandman saga is so rich with detail that I like you're gonna have to take your time with that you can't just basically just breeze right through it that's why I don't think Constantine will have if he does have a part it'll be very small in the first season and it may take a couple seasons to actually get to him yeah I, I think at least one season because you have to get to the point where dream gets his helmet back yeah and then at that point we all know that after he gets his helmet back, then all of a sudden, then Constantine makes his appearance because Constantine ends up running into Dream and that and Dream's first escapade in the real world. Yeah. But that takes a long time. It does. 
All right, Dave, we need to take a quick break. And then when we get back, we have time for one, maybe two more topics. We'll be right back. The Rain Man Show. The Rain Man Show. In about 40 to 50 years, you're probably going to be that guy that dies because you fell down and no one was around to help you. I didn't have life alert. But it's because no one was around. Tony's and you, you die uh-huh. in your own piss and shit. Oh, Gas okay. leaking out as you drift Jesus. to hell. Like that's that's a drift to hell. All right. Jesus. Holy fuck. Well, yeah. That's, that's, that'll be that's it. the if last I, thing you'll I... say. <laughs> that's the only thing you'll be able to get out. And that's not because of any, you know, strength of your own volition. Be that's that's just control. Yeah, loss of bodily fluids just yeah. After you've been there yeah. for two or three days. Thomas, are you okay? Thomas. Oh, God. Randy finds you like she went on a business trip. She finds you in the shower three days <laughs> later. She pushes you, your chest, to the. Oh, God. All right. Thomas, wake up. Thomas, are you okay? Please. I'm just joking. This isn't like 40 or 50 years. This is like next week. <laughs> Thomas. Yeah. Hey, I hope you're alive. I'm going to go ahead and call the uh, police department right now. Please stay with me, Thomas. Thomas, how many fingers am I holding up? No, seriously, Thomas, please. The Rain Man Show, exclusively on Rain Man Digital. Head over to RainmanDigitalMedia.com for more details or search for it wherever you listen to podcasts. Free stuff is awesome, but free stuff that will spice up your bedroom is even better. Just go to adamandeve.com and select almost any one item for 50% off, and then we'll load on the free stuff. Just enter this very exclusive code, RAINMAN, at checkout, and you'll get 10 tantalizing free gifts, including a sexy item for him, a special toy for her, and a third item you'll both enjoy. And six extra special bonus items that are sure to rev your engine, pique your curiosity, Mm. and even blow you away. Plus, free shipping. Always sent in discreet packaging. Go to adamandeve.com now. Get 50% off plus the 10 free gifts when you enter the exclusive offer code RAINMAN. Again, that's RAINMAN. Because without it, no free stuff. That's RAINMAN at adamandeve.com. All right, welcome back, everyone, to the House of Mystery, the John Constantine and Friends podcast. All right, be sure to check us out on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify. Just search House of Mystery and leave us reviews. Share the show. Also, visit our Patreon page, patreon.com slash Digital. David and I are now doing a free show of sorts for all of our House of Mystery shows called The Oblivion Bar. Yep. Where we shoot the shit and talk about Constantine-related stuff in a very casual way. Right, Dave? Laid back. Yeah. Yeah. No torture involved. Earlier today, I was drunk and I had my penis out. That's how (laughs) how casual casual it is. (laughs) Okay, so Dave, are you ready for this? Okay. Black Adam. (laughs) That's all I need to say. That's all you need to say. Here's Brosnan to play Dr. Fate. Dude. 
That's okay. fucking amazing. I I just uh, Kate, I just basically mentioned I, how like ca- casting a list people. <laughs> yes, dude. shouldn't matter. But I'm sorry, Doctor Fate. That's perfect. So perfect. there was not even a moment of wait, what? It was like holy shit, this is so good. I would never would have thought of that. Yeah, and uh, especially like. I'm so excited to see him play Dr. Fate without the helmet as uh, Fate's alter ego. Is that who he'll be playing? Yes. He'll be playing the the man underneath Fate because you got to remember the helmet of Naboo has its own sentience. Yeah. And and it (laughs) takes on different. It uh, takes on different hosts. Yeah. Man, this is going to be good. So Brosnan will play Kent Nelson. Yes. A.K.A. The Good Dr. Fate. The Good Dr. Fate. A son of an ancient archaeologist who is taught sorcery skills and given the magical helmet of fate. Yes. Man, I was a little spectacle of Black Adam because The Rock, or I should say Dwayne Johnson. I'm kind of with you there. I am with you there. Now, Black Adam isn't one of those characters that I care about. So if it's a if it's the wrong casting, I don't know and I kind of don't care. But what I do care about is that Dwayne Johnson has a bravado that he can't stop. Yes. If he wanted to, he couldn't stop the Dwayne Johnson bravado. I'm not saying he's been typecast. I'm not saying there is only one type of movie he can do. He's a good actor. Yeah. But I have not seen a single movie or TV show where he drops the Dwayne The Rock Johnson bravado. Oh, yeah. And that's what I'm afraid of because I don't want a guy raising his eyebrow or acting like a wrestler or being all, you know, macho as Black Adam. Even even in his like there have been like little indie movies that uh, Dwayne Johnson's been in. And even in those smaller productions, he still cannot stop being the rock. He just can't. It's just the natural charisma that he has. That's why I was really suspect when they made the announcement, Oh, he's going to be black Adam because I'm sorry. Black Adam to me is not a good guy. He's not a guy that basically we all root for. Well, I don't think they're going to make him a good guy. I think he's he is being set up as the villain to, for Shazam, correct? Yeah, he should be. Yeah. He should be. That's what we're assuming though, right? That's what we're assuming. Well, but like they're the all signs right now point to the Black Adam movie kind of being kind of like an anti-hero. Hmm. I just I haven't read a lot of stories with Black Adam, but the stories I have read, he's definitely a Murderer, <laughs> yes. So and you it'll be interesting to see now, what now, they do. Now I know that a lot of comic book fans out there are saying, "Well, Black Adam is not a total bad guy." Yes, he's not a total bad guy, but he's he's only a hero to the people of Conduct. That's it. He doesn't care about anybody else. And if they do a story like that, where you know, like they show Black Adam care about. The people of his nation, fine. Yeah. That makes sense for that character. But you can't suddenly turn him all of a sudden into a good guy just willy-nilly wanting to save the world. Well, unless we see a villain origin story. See, that is 
what I'm hoping we see. If we see that where he's not horrible as a person until he gets the power and then we see his slow decline, decline into, you into, know, villainy. Into villainy. And that would be cool. And that's why I was like, when they made the announcement that, oh, there's going to be other heroes in the Black Adam film. Mm-hmm. And apparently they're going to, they might fight Black Adam. Then it made sense to me, you know, making the announcement of Dr. Fate. I remember when the animation or the teaser for Black Adam came out, you saw, you saw Dr. Fate and two other, uh, two other heroes and all of them were like, seemed like they were going to fight black Adam. Well, we'll see what happens, man. We'll see what happens. I am looking forward to it now because Pierce, Pierce Brosnan involvement Nelson, and he doesn't typically get involved with shitty projects. So obviously something appealed to him when it came to that script. And that has given me a new, level of confidence the only thing that concerns me dave because you know that's how i live that's how i roll how is this going to work within the continuity of the dceu you know the cinematic universe is this going to be separate what, what continuity mike there, there, i know there <laughs> isn't no i know but that's the thing that drives me crazy there's no continuity but it will dr fate make an appearance in zatanna's movie so we can have that consistency there as well no and I can tell you that right now. I doubt it. I doubt it. And you know what? You're probably right because the production company running Shazam and Black Adam yep. is not J.J. Abrams. Not Bad Robot. It's being produced, or I should say Black Adam is being produced by Warner Brothers, obviously, but also Dwayne's production company. Yeah. So, which is another another stupid decision by Warner Brothers. Obviously, this is the hate Warner Brothers show, Dave, and that's okay. But that's another stupid thing they do. Do you see Marvel, or I should say Disney, doing that? You know what? Nope. We're going to give this studio and this group of producers, um, you have complete say in this side of Star Wars. And you have a, okay, and then you have complete say in this side of Star Wars, (laughs) and then you have complete say here, and you guys never have to communicate and talk. You just do whatever you want. That concerns me. That's why when when Disney hires directors, their production companies don't come with the talent. talent. It's like, listen, your production company is going to stay outside the perimeter here. They're not allowed on set. (laughs) Just you and your skill set, you're coming on. And that's has come to be accepted by many of the creators because they understand what Marvel or I should say what Disney is trying to do with their franchises. Yes. Okay. Warner brothers fails on everything (laughs) and they have no integrity. And remember, this is them yet again, selling off their properties to any production company that wants to make a movie for them. It's like that nerd kid in school that got really excited when someone said he liked him because suddenly he thought he had a friend. That's that's DC. That's DC. That's Warner brothers because like Warner brothers. Thank you. I keep saying DC Warner brothers because I'm sorry. The, the, the sad part is Warner Brothers, the idea of continuity to them, once they made, once, you know, reports came out that they basically said, we're going to, we're going to embrace the multiverse. Well, yeah. And I was like, well, this means nothing is going to be connected Yeah, because that was their out that they're using that as the excuse. Bunch of pussies, dude. Which, which sucks because 
as soon as the Pierce Brosnan thing got announced, who wouldn't want to see Pierce Brosnan as Dr. Fate in Justice League Dark? Yeah. I'm I'm holding <laughs> out. I'm hoping possibly these characters come with some rules to the production houses. You know, hey, listen, you can play you can take uh, you can play Dr. Nice. Fate. Dr. Fate can play in your sandbox for a while, but don't pee in your sandbox cuz you're not going to own him. He may be used in another movie. If they do something like that, I feel better about the direction they're going cuz as of right now, it's it's literally anything goes. It's a fucking free for all. Yes. So, all right, Dave, this does bring us to the end of today's House of Mystery. Now get the fuck out, everyone. And wipe your feet on the floor. My name is John Constantine. I'm the one who steps from the shadows, all trench coat and arrogance. I'll drive your demons away, kick them in the bollocks, and spit on them when they're down, leaving only a nod and a wink and a wisecrack. I'll walk my path alone, because let's be honest, who'd be crazy enough to walk it with me?